welcome back, everybody, to the Know-It-All Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Jerry the Fantasy Football Know-It-All. I can be found on Twitter, at FFKnowItAll. You can also email the show directly, KnowItAllFantasyFootball at gmail.com. Hope you guys had an amazing weekend. I sincerely hope that all of your teams, if they haven't already secured the Week 3 victory, they are well on their way to doing so. I am close, very close, to securing uh, wins in all five of my leagues this week. It's a rarity for that to happen. It hasn't happened yet, but my hope is that it will. I will keep you posted, of course, as to how I do. We have a lot to talk about today. There are some injuries though it's not as bad as it has been in recent weeks. We have studs and duds to go over, as well as some waiver wire targets that should help your team uh, bolster its uh, roster heading into the bye weeks that are uh, fastly approaching. Before we get into any of that, I would like to remind you all that the Know-It-All Fantasy Football Podcast is a proud member of the Skull King Podcast Network. Visit www. SkullKingSports.com for in-depth coverage of all major sports. Major League Baseball, National Hockey League, NBA, of course the NFL, collegiate athletics, MMA fighting, boxing, all forms of auto racing, as well as a fantasy section that will give you the tools that you need to set yourselves up for success. Make sure you check them out. www.SkullKingSports.com Com. All right, let's go ahead and talk about these injuries, and we'll start with the New York Giants. Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton both exited the game early with hamstring injuries, and it remains to be seen the severity there, but Evan Ingram and perhaps Kenny Galladay might be in line for more targets and uh, better opportunities Kenny G has really underwhelmed this year. He's banged up, and Evan Ingram who made his return this week, could be in line for a a heavy target share. We'll have to keep our eye on that as things progress. A.J. Brown exited the Titans game this weekend with a hamstring injury, and we don't know the severity right now, but we will keep an eye on that as the week goes on. Gio Bernard injured his knee on the last play of the game for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He had a, a pretty good week, Bernard, but I wouldn't expect that on a weekly basis as Tampa Bay was chasing points for the basically the entire game against the Rams. James White has a hip injury, which is very similar to that of Ryan Fitzpatrick, so expect him to miss multiple weeks and possibly end up on IR. Tyler Lockett exited the game the Seahawks game this weekend with a knee injury, but it looks to be he looks to be okay. He did come back into the game, so it's not thought to be serious at this time. And Juju Smith-Schuster exited the Steelers' loss against the Bengals on Sunday with a rib injury. And we'll have to see if that keeps him out. The main beneficiaries there were, of course, Najee Harris and his 19 targets. We'll talk about him later. And Chase Claypool, who had a a pretty decent game in... um, in in lieu of him being really the only viable downfield threat with Deontay Johnson also missing the game. All right, let's go ahead and get into the studs. And the number one stud that I want to talk about is my man, Mike Williams. You might uh, have heard me mention him during the draft preview. He was a sleeper for me, 
and he is now the number two wide receiver in fantasy. He caught seven of nine targets for 122 yards and a pair of touchdowns. He's averaging 10 targets per game. He's averaging more than Keenan Allen, if you can wrap your heads around that. So he is the number one target right now in a pass-heavy offense with a quarterback, Justin Herbert, who looks uh, locked and loaded to uh, to throw for a lot of yards and a lot of touchdowns throughout the season. Cooper Cup, of course, continued his dominating performance. Nine catches, 12 targets, 96 yards, and two touchdowns. He is the main guy in this Rams offense. Matthew Stafford has no problem throwing it downfield, and he hooks up with Cup multiple times a game, as you can see from the target share there. He is locked and loaded as not only a wide receiver one, but a possible top five option by season's end. Emmanuel Sanders was an interesting stud this week. He caught five of six targets for 94 yards and a pair of scores. He's averaging seven targets a game. Josh Allen throws the ball. Buffalo looks to, uh, they look to rebound this week, and they did against Washington, who has underwhelmed from the defensive standpoint, but still, Buffalo is the team to beat, or one of them anyway, in the AFC. And um, Emmanuel Sanders looks to be a, a, a field stretcher for them. So he should be in the conversation as, if not a wide receiver too, at least a flex option for you at the position. Najee Harris, I mentioned a minute ago, he had 14 rushes for 40 yards, which is meh. But then he had 14 catches also, which resulted in a score through the air. He was the number one running back in PPR formats this week, and I expect his target share and his rushing to continue the way it is. He really, he basically plays 100% of the running back snaps for Pittsburgh. Kareem Hunt, 10 carries for 81 yards, caught 6 of 7 targets for 74 yards. He did have a rushing touchdown in this game. He's boomer bust at this point, but he you could do a whole lot worse from your flex position or a running back too if you went wide receiver heavy in PPR. Hunt should be started on a weekly basis as he can have these games quite often. James Robinson finally came around for his owners. He had 15 rushes for 88 yards and a score. He caught all six of his targets for another 46 yards. He is a solid running back too in your lineup week in and week out. There really isn't another running back on this roster that you really want to have in your lineup. And Trevor Lawrence is struggling behind center. So the the opportunities for Robinson are huge down the stretch. Uh, I like him rest of season more than I did a couple of weeks ago. DeAndre Swift. If you can believe this, he is the running back three so far on the year, sharing time at a 50-50 clip with, of course, Jamal Williams. He had 14 rushes for 47 yards, which is not spectacular. But he caught all seven of his targets as well, and he had a rushing TD in this contest. So Swift is a must-start in all formats. Tyler Conklin caught seven of eight targets for 70 yards and a touchdown. And Mike Gesicki, 10 catches out of 12 targets, 86 yards, 
And with Jacoby Brissett now taking over, at least for the time being, in Miami, I do believe that Gasicki is in line for a, a pretty good target share, and he's available in 40% of leagues, so he is somebody that you can look for. We'll talk about waivers later, but he's somebody to keep in mind. And the last stud of the week that I want to talk about anyway is Kirk Cousins. He's doing it every single week, guys. If you remember, he was my late-round quarterback that I told you you could wait on and grab, and he would do a, a lot for you, and he's coming through in a huge way. 30 of 38, 323 yards, and three touchdowns. He has not thrown an interception yet, and he has shown that he likes the weapons that he has there, even with the running back. In this case, it was Alexander Madison getting over 100 yards. Cousins was still very fantasy relevant. He is currently the quarterback five in six-point-per-passing touchdown leagues. Now, before we get into the duds, I want to talk about one of the sponsors of today's show, and that is Bove Design. If you run a business, you probably have an outdated website set up if you even have one running at all. That's where the folks at Bove Design come into play. Let Rob and company give you the tools that you need to set your business up for success. Follow them on Instagram at bove.design, that's B-O-V-E dot design, and see what they have to offer. You can check out all of their custom work there. You can hit Rob up. He's the owner. He'll be happy to give you the guidance that you need, whether it is a full website from scratch, just an upgrade to what you have going on, maybe you need some graphic design work, or a logo like the one I have for the podcast, Bove Design has got you covered. Make sure you check them out on Instagram, bove.design, that's B-O-V-E dot design. You and your business will be happy that you did. All right, so let's go ahead and talk about the duds now, and I want to start with Justin Fields. I'm not trying to beat a dead horse. I'm not trying to uh, pound my chest and say I was right. All I'll say is Fields was 6 for 20 for a whopping 68 yards. Yeah, you can blame Matt Nagy if you want, and you can blame the offensive line. Their offensive line is absolutely terrible, but Fields honestly looks lost back there. He was supposed to have a floor, I was told, with his rushing. Well, three attempts for 12 yards isn't going to cut it. He'll improve, certainly, but he's not a starter right now, and you shouldn't even think about starting him until you see some production that's uh, a lot better than what you're seeing now. Damian Harris, I'm a little worried about him in New England. I mean, six carries for 14 yards. Uh, this wasn't, I mean, I realized that they were in come-from-behind mode for the majority of this game, but for somebody who's supposed to be the star running back, he's not somebody I feel comfortable starting. Not every week. He's matchup dependent, and he doesn't catch passes. So that may change with James White being injured. I don't know, but you'll have to keep an eye on that. He's somebody you might want to consider sitting if you have other options. Tyson Williams for the Baltimore Ravens. Five rushes for 22 yards. He did not have a catch. I think it's a matter of him making too many mistakes for John Harbaugh. Yes, he's the most talented and dynamic, I believe, of the running backs they have on hand, at least at this stage of their careers. Freeman doesn't have much left in the tank, and Latavius Murray is bland at best, and Lamar Jackson is the best runner on the team. So Tyson Williams is somebody that I'm not comfortable starting either moving forward. 
A trio of running backs are next on the list. David Montgomery, 10 rushes for 34 yards. I am worried about him with fields there. He's my running back two on my League of Goons team. I'm going to have to keep him in there and hope for the best. I hope better things are on the horizon for the entire Chicago team, but David Montgomery in particular. Jonathan Taylor. Everybody had him going in the first round. I tried to warn you guys about this. He's splitting time, regardless of whether it is Hines or whether it is Mack or both of them. Taylor was 10 for 64 with one catch. He has yet to score a touchdown this year, and this offense is bad. So, um, yeah, you're starting him. I guess if you drafted him, you probably don't have a better option, and you're not trying to sit him, but he's on the cusp of flex uh, of a flex option at best. And um, yeah, he's in danger of being a sit candidate moving forward. The next guy, I'm not trying to sit or even say that he's bad or, uh, you know, trending down in any way. It was just a bad game for him. And that's Nick Chubb. 22 rushes, which you like to see. 84 yards, which is fine. But he had zero catches and no touchdowns. So it was a bad performance for him. 8.4 fantasy points. That's not going to get it done from a guy that you drafted most likely in the first round. On to wide receivers. Tyreek Hill leads this list. He caught five of seven targets for 56 yards. No touchdown here. And, well, he hasn't had a touchdown really in the last two games. He had a really, really good first game. And... You're not sitting him, of course. You're trotting him out there. Better things are on the horizon for Hill, but he does make the list as a dud. DeAndre Hopkins I am a little concerned about, however. Three catches for 21 yards. It seems to me that they like to throw the ball to just about everybody on this team. Kyler Murray runs it a lot, and they're they're incorporating James Conner a little bit more in this offense. So I don't think that... Hopkins is going to have the target share that he's had in recent years, which makes him more of a wide receiver two on most weeks than a wide receiver one. You're not sitting him, but just be weary of his uh, his target total. Cortland Sutton, five, uh, five of five for 37 yards. Terrible game for him. I expect a bounce back next week. Robert Woods, three of six for 33 yards. He is somebody I'm really concerned about in LA. I have him on my team. He uh, he was my wide receiver too. Now he's a flex and I'm even considering benching him in favor of either Melvin Gordon or Naheem Hines. I'm not there yet, but another bad game and I will consider that. Allen Robinson is somebody that you might want to sit until Fields shows he can do something or Andy Dalton comes back. Two catches for 27 yards and TJ Hawkinson two catches for a whopping 10 yards. You have to start him, and this was a case where this was a close game. Detroit led late a 65-yard or 66-yard field goal by Justin Tucker, which was incredible to watch, Uh, won the game for the Ravens. You're not worried about Hawkinson. You're trotting him out there, but it was a bad performance. Now we're going to wrap things up talking about the waivers, and one of the guys on the waiver wire is... uh, Peyton Barber, oddly enough, and he is somebody that is only rostered in 11% of leagues. I did mention that he was a serviceable streaming option this week, and he came through 23 rushes, 111 yards, and a score. If Josh Jacobs is out, he will be the plotter and the goal line back, so he should see pay dirt at least once per game or at least have the opportunity to do so for this Las Vegas offense. 
you're not happy about it and you're not confident week in and week out because you've seen his bad performances in the past, but if you're desperate at running back, and a lot of folks are nowadays, he is somebody that you could scoop up off of waivers. Corderell Patterson, same situation. He's not great at running, so if you're in a standard league, you don't want him. But in a PPR, he is just fine as either a flex or a running back, too, for the moment anyway. He only got 20 yards rushing on seven carries, but he did catch six passes for 82 yards. If he ever throw, if you could ever throw in a touchdown every time and again, he is worth it. Mike Gesicki, as I mentioned, 10 catches. He is trending upward with Jacoby Brissett there. I think he will be a viable tight end starter for you. He's available in 40% of leagues. If you're hurting at tight end or if you play the streaming game, definitely pick him up. He could be uh, worth a start at least until Tua comes back, maybe even into the, the rest of the season. Tyler Conklin, the same situation. Seven catches this week. It looks like he is now incorporated into this offense. This could be just a matchup situation, but Kirk Cousins is throwing the ball. He does like to have three targets, uh, three favorable targets each game. This was not a KJ Osborne game. This was more a Conklin game. We'll see what happens. But with tight end being as bad as it is, he might be worth kicking the tires on if you're desperate. Evan Ingram, another guy. Now, he did not have a great game this week on his return, but with the injury to, as I mentioned, Slayton and Sterling Shepard, he could be in line to possibly lead the Giants in targets moving forward, at least for the time being. Another guy is somebody I talked about already, and that's Kirk Cousins. He is only 32% rostered, and I can't understand it. He is the quarterback five in six-point-per-passing-touchdown leagues. He's doing great. And, and he's carrying your team if you have him in there. So if you're desperate at quarterback, maybe you, maybe you were going to start fields, or maybe you have somebody who's struggling, or maybe you just need a solid backup in a two-quarterback league. I don't know, but Cousins can come through for you. So definitely pick him up. He might not even be uh, taken off of waivers. You might be able to get him when waivers clear. As I mentioned, he's available in 68% of leagues, which is unthinkable to me anyway. Emmanuel Sanders, one of the studs of the week. He's only uh, rostered in 28% of leagues. He's averaging seven targets a game for Josh Allen and company. For a flex receiver, he is somebody that you can rely on to at least get you an opportunity for double-digit points any given week. Hunter Renfro, he's 11% rostered, and he is another guy. He's gotten double-digit targets every single week from Derek Carr. And this is a Derek Carr now that is throwing the ball with confidence in a John Gruden offense. He is, and I know this won't happen, but Carr is on pace for 6,800 yards this year. Now, that's not going to happen, but he has thrown over 400 yards in the first three games. He is not afraid to air it out. The running game is not that great, even though Peyton Barber did have a good week. So... I would say that Renfro is a good guy for you, especially in deeper leagues, or if you need somebody to, to fill the buys, put him on your bench. See what happens. Certainly, there are worse receivers that you can pick up to put on your team. Well, guys, I know that was short and sweet, but we got through a lot in a short amount of time, which is always a good thing. I will be back on Thursday, and until then, I hope all of you guys keep doing everything that you have been doing to blow the doors off your competition. 
I will catch you guys on Thursday. Have an amazing week. See ya. Never forget the day.